I'm Kyla Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Deidre Sullivan, the CEO of United Way Larimer County. Deidre, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kyle. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what United Way Larimer County is and what it's like to be the CEO there? You bet. So United Way of Larimer County is a local nonprofit and distributor of funds. Our mission is to lead philanthropy in our community, um, ensuring the gifts of time, talent, and treasure address today's greatest needs and reduce tomorrow. So we are really um, committed to helping families, kids, and our community in the areas of youth and education and economic health and, and mobility for families. Um, being the CEO is super exciting. I get to uh, lead a really dynamic team um, of folks committed to our work, and then also a group of volunteer board members that help drive our strategy and bring resources to the organization. Cool. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't uh, yours your, this what what your CEO of like a branch off of like the bigger United Way? Yeah, that's a great, great observation. Great question. We are one of over a thousand United Ways across the globe. Wow. Um, there are United Ways in almost every country in the world. Um, we have about 11 of them here in Colorado, and I'm honored to be the CEO of United Way of Larimer County. So we are serving Loveland, Estes Park, Fort Collins, Wellington, Berthoud, um, the entirety of our county, the Red Feather Lakes and the mountain communities. But yes, and we have been um, in our community for over 60 years, so oh. quite a long time here in Larimer County. Yeah, that's that's a long time. Yeah. So what kinds of things do you actually do day-to-day at work? Yeah, so um, one of my primary jobs is to support our team in raising money. So we spend a lot of time communicating with companies and donor, individual donors about supporting the work. So I think, you know, a good summary of what we do is we raise funds from individuals, companies, um, other foundations, and then we distribute them to high impact programs in our community. So my day, you know, I, I lead a team of about 20, between 20 and 24 people, depending on kind of where we are in our staffing. Um, I have interns from the university and the community college, um, some of my time is is spent, um, you know, signing contracts to get money out to nonprofit organizations. Um, but I'm really tasked with kind of driving the strat, leading the strategy of the organization and, and how we're going to do the work we're doing and then um, the great team members that I have. So a lot of people skills in the job. Yes, those are important, not just in some jobs, but like in all aspects of life. That is so true. So true. Mm -hmm. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work? And like, how long did it take you to get into this position? Yeah, so I always knew I wanted to work with people. I, um, you know, when I was in, in high school and even college, I knew I wanted to either be a teacher or a nurse, or I did not have a Kyle Northcutt in my community that was exposing me to all kinds of careers beyond kind of the traditional ones. But I did know I wanted to work with people. So my first jobs out of college were really more that one-on-one -on -one work. I was a social worker and I kept getting in trouble, like trouble in the good kind of way, but 
Mm-hmm. Um, I kept trying to fix the broken systems that were the cause of why all of the people I was working with were struggling to buy food or keep their housing because of the cost of living. And I was like focusing on some of the policies and the big picture things that were broken and causing individual people to need social work. And so I remember one time my boss saying, just see your patients, do your charting and go home. Don't be calling senators trying to change laws and policies. And I thought, I don't think this is the right work for me. So I, uh, I gravitated into, into um, more of the, the nonprofit arena and work to fix the big picture systems. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my, I'm home with a dog, but. <laughs> um, and so it's been from the time I was really young that I knew this was the kind of work that I wanted to do. Um, and I worked in other jobs and also going back to graduate school later in life for about 25 years before I landed in this one. Wow. What other jobs did you do before this? Yeah. So I, um, as I mentioned, I did medical and hospital social work. So one-on-one work with families and, and patients um, in healthcare settings. I worked as a program director for a big health, um, a health equity project here in our community. I worked for our local health department. I also worked in public health, um, leading, I don't, you probably don't remember, you're too young, but we used to allow smoking uh, in indoor public places. And I worked on the team that got the first ordinance passed in our community to eliminate smoking in public places. So restaurants and bars, places like that. Um, And then I moved, um, I moved into nonprofit management. So right before I was the director here, I was the director at the Family Center La Familia, which is a nonprofit early childhood and family resource center here in Fort Collins. Um, And we were actually one of the agencies that United Way funded. So I was very familiar with United Way. Um, and uh, was excited to when this position opened to apply and and start working here. It's pretty cool. So, what do you like most and least about your job? What do I like most? I like the impact that we are making, and even have greater opportunity to make. It's a very exciting time in our community to be working in this field and this sector. Um, we are, we work really closely with our school districts. We are analyzing data around, you know, who are the kids that are not doing well in schools and what are the interventions and supports that they need and how do we raise money for those kind of things? And you can imagine, or you and your listeners probably know really well what the impacts of a global pandemic and being stuck at home on your computers mm-hmm. has done for kids' learning and well-being. And so, Um, I love being part of the solutions. I love having a job where I see something that's wrong or broken or really needs um, a fix in our community. And I get to go to work and be part of that. That's probably the best part of my job. What do I like least about it? I think the amount of time that real meaningful and lasting change takes is sometimes hard for someone like me. I like, I'm quick. I'm an activator. I like to see things happen quickly. And so sometimes I have to remember and be reminded by my great team or my board, like you got to go slow to go fast. You need to pace the change so that everybody gets on board. And, um, and so I wouldn't say that's what I like least, but I think that's the thing that's hardest for me. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Now a word from our sponsor. 
Your host, Kyle Northcutt, here. My neighborhood recycling course at kidsgreenteam.com is now only $19. I want everyone who wants to start a business and help save the planet from harmful plastics to be able to start today. Go to kidsgreenteam.com to grab the course and get started now. Okay, back to the show. What What level of education do you have? Was that required for your job? Yeah, so I have a master's degree in public policy and public administration. Uh, excuse me, just a master's degree in public administration, not public policy. I'm working with the department at CSU that does both. But so I have a master's in public administration. Um, it was a it wasn't necessarily required, but it was highly encouraged for the position that I'm in now. Um, and I didn't go back actually and get that master's degree until I was in my 40s. I had three kids. I had worked for a really long time. Um, I was faced. I was like deciding. I went before my oldest child went to college, because I knew like, I can't go to grad school and be putting a kid through school. So um, yeah, I think that it helped me in getting this, this job. um, But I don't necessarily know that it was required. Yeah, I do think that's probably useful that you have the master's. So what do you think the future of college education is as it relates to your profession? Do you ever see like self-education certifications on the job training, like Apple University replacing a traditional degree? 100%. Yes. And actually, in our field, in our sector, we are learning more and more about equity and inclusion and belonging and kind of the importance of having people who have the lived experience of the things we're working on really leading and directing the work. Um, And that's, I think that's brand new, not brand new, but I think more and more we're recognizing that. And so what we're calling lived experience or on the job training, either through life or other jobs, Mm -hmm. um, we're really challenging ourselves to consider whether a college degree is necessary to do this work or if, um, you know, life training on the job training, um, lived experience uh, is, is just as good. I think a lot of the things we learn in school, problem solving and um, people management, understanding people, like you said, you know, we do get some of that in higher education. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of uh, the other pieces are we're we're waking up to the need to really think about if you've never struggled with paying rent, should you really be leading an organization that's all about helping families stay housed? And that's a that's a valid question. So, mm-hmm. yes, nice. I totally agree that on-the-job training is gonna eventually, if not completely, replace a traditional college degree. Yeah. So, wish mm-hmm. what's something you wish you had been taught in school but had to learn later on in life? Oh, that's a good one. Um, something that I wish that I had been taught in school. I wish that I had learned about different career trajectories within a field or an institution. I think, and I'll give you a perfect example. When I was your age, or even when I was an undergrad at Colorado State, thinking I wanted to be a teacher, I did an internship in a kindergarten classroom. And I remember thinking, because I like change, right? I mentioned that earlier. I'm a, I'm a change and activator of change. Mm-hmm. Thinking, I don't think I can do this same job every day, day in and day out with five and six-year-olds in a kindergarten classroom. Mm-hmm. But no one taught me about the career path within an education system, right? Like, oh, 
you like to lead people and teams, you could become a superintendent someday. I didn't know what a superintendent of schools was. I just saw kind of the end. So I wish that I had understood that a little bit better or same with the nursing, you know, like that nursing doesn't have to be the end point of your career. If you want to get into management or leadership or hospital administration. So I think that's something um, in hindsight, I wish I would have known when I was much younger and I didn't learn until I was older and like in the, in the workforce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good skill. So how much free time do you have? Like do you work a traditional 40 hour work week more or less? more <laughs> and I'm working yeah. on that I'm trying to trying to pare it back but yeah I mean I I have a job that can be done anytime all the time mm -hmm. so I really have to have boundaries not only for myself and family but also as a the leader of the organization if I send an email at 10 o'clock at night to one of my team members I don't want them I don't want them to think that they are expected to return it or to be working at 10 o'clock at night so mm -hmm. Um, I think that that is a good thing about my job that, you know, I have the flexibility to go volunteer and be a timer at my son's swim meet at three o'clock in the afternoon and then work, you know, at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night after dinner to catch up mm -hmm. what I missed. So, yeah, flexibility is really nice. And that's important to me because mm -hmm. I don't want to just have to have a fixed schedule and like do this, do this, do this, do this, do this with no room to change. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting, Kyle, because we survey our employees every year. And as a nonprofit, we have limits to what we can pay and afford to pay mm -hmm. people. So the nonprofit sector is typically known for having lower paying jobs than, say, the for-profit private sector or even the government. Mm -hmm. And so our staff really say they value the flexibility that we offer. So we have really generous paid time off. We close our offices in the summer on Fridays to give everybody an extra day. Um, and they say that that's actually more important to them than the the pay. So to your point around flexibility, I don't think you're alone um, or I'm alone. And I think that's becoming more and more valued in the workforce than, you know, even a, a bigger paycheck. Yeah. And I also heard like somewhere in F Finland, they're like trying a four day work week. And I've seen like studies just show their efficiency goes way up even with like less. Totally. Uh, work yeah. We pulled done. a lot of data before I made that decision that said exactly that people yeah. still work the same amount. They increase their efficiency and productivity and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hopefully that's going to be the case by the time I get a job, at least for most places. Well, right. you have the negotiating power of somebody. That's something too, that I, I wish that I had learned um, yeah, earlier that if a company or an organization really likes you and you get to that place where it's time to, you know, they've made you an offer and you say, you know, I really would like a four day work week, always put it out there. The only, the, the only thing, you know, the worst someone can say is no, but mm -hmm. chances are they may say, let's talk about that or even better. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So do you work remotely in the office or a hybrid? And does your job ever require travel? We have a hybrid workplace. So we require people to be in the office two days a week and um, uh, they can work from home up to three days a week. And I'm, I'm contemplating reevaluating that as um, we're seeing there's a lot more energy and productivity and things like that with folks in the office. And um, I like to work in the office every day. I I think I have some scars from COVID 
and working from home 24, you know, all the time. I, I called it living at work, not working from home. So mm-hmm. my preference is to be in the office, but it is nice to have the flexibility. Um, and uh, I do travel a little bit with my job, mostly within the state um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, to a conference here and there, but not too much. Yeah, cool. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for the job? To interview people like me and listen to your podcast and, uh, you know, really understand the nature of the work and why you're interested or motivated to address poverty or um, educational disparities or some of the things that are the nonprofit sector work on. You know your why. Why, why is this motivating to you? Why do you mm-hmm. want to um, work on this? I think that's the most important um, thing to understand. Yeah, that's good advice. So this one was borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best and most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Yeah, well, I've been thinking about this question and I think having children, um, I think becoming a parent and it sounds a little silly, but when I think about kind of my purpose and mission on the planet, believe it better than I found it. I can't think of a better investment than having children that I hope will leave it even better than I did. And there's more of them than me. So hopefully the return on that investment is three to one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least yeah. three to two, I guess, if you count their 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 other parent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when I consider what's most important to me in this world, um, knowing that I'm going to leave people behind that I've gotten to influence um, who are going to leave it even better is probably one of is the greatest investment that I've made. Yeah, makes sense. So is there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? Oh gosh, feels like every day. (laughs) Um, I like to use the term failing forward because I think Mm. that there's really no such thing as a failure. It's just a, a, you know, a stumbling block is a stepping stone. Um, And yeah, I I think I can't think of a specific event per se where I felt like I completely failed. Um, but I think I've tried a lot of things that have not worked for me in terms of jobs. Like I like the term I've tried on a lot of hats. I've mm-hmm. worked as a consultant all by myself, sitting at the dining room table, and I realized I don't like working alone. I like being part of a team. Cross mm-hmm. that job off the list. I worked yeah. as a social work doing direct care with people and kept getting in trouble for trying to change the systems Cross <laughs> that job off the list. So each of those decisions that I quote failed at, I think helped me get to where I am now. I was a faculty member at CSU and I taught graduate classes for a while and uh, didn't like all the administrative stuff. Mm-hmm. Cross that off the list. So yeah. Yeah. I think that I think one of the most successful things in life is to be able to love exactly where you are and look back on everything you've done, good, bad, and otherwise, and recognize they're part of getting you where you are. Yeah. So is there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give them a quick shout out? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people, you know, that I recently got a a leadership award in our community. And this was our prompt when we received the award to say, who in your life? And I was like, I think any leader can't give, can't attribute 
to one person. It's been a whole host of people. But I do think a lot about my grandpa. His name was Kieran Paul Sullivan, and he died um, many years ago. But he was the most generous, philanthropic, giving volunteer, military officer, um, just a servant in all the ways. And I got to see and know him really well as a young child. And I think um, I got to travel with him and see, you know, how he engaged with people in Mexico and in other countries of the world. And that just inspired me to want to work with people and want to like follow in his footsteps. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. that yeah, would be he's... my person that comes to mind immediately. Yeah. He seems like a good person. Mm -hmm. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? I don't think so because all of it, as I said before, led to where I am now. And I mm -hmm. really love where I am and who I am. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Like if you're, if you change something, then you're not going to be where you are now. And unless you're not happy with you, where, with where you are now, that's bad. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So if you, what books do you think all kids should read and why? Oh gosh. What books should all kids read? Um, that, you know, I, I, the, again, this is like one of those, um, multiple, there's so many that come to mind for me. Um, I've been reading, um, how to be an anti-racist, which I know is a little controversial, controversial, but the author of that book, especially for people who identify as white, and we're learning a lot about privilege and equity and inclusion and belonging, the author of that book has um, written one for kids, um, specifically Ibram Kendi. And I think that's one that that comes to mind for me um, of just really understanding how we all get to be part of creating a community and a world where we all belong. We all feel safe. Um, and so I think that's that's the one I'll pick for today. So if you could make any one rule that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? Be nice. Yeah, that's a good rule. <laughs> <laughs> Just a mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. Being, it's a simple one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Be nice. And I think own your own, own your, own your stuff, own your heirs, own your, you know, mm -hmm. don't be afraid to, uh, you know, when I get asked questions of what are some of the um, traits or qualities most important to you in a leader. My number one is humility. So I think, you know, be nice and be humble. Yeah, I agree. So I think knowing what not to do is just as important, if not more so than knowing what to do. With that in mind, what's the worst advice you've ever received? <laughs> the worst advice that I've ever received. Um, somebody once told me that I shouldn't do something because I was a mom of young children. And I, it, I don't know, I mean, it may not have been the worst advice, but it, it struck a chord with me because it was a career decision. And I think as a woman and as a mom, um, sometimes, and even now in 2023, or, you know, when I was kind of choosing the fork in the road of motherhood, you know, leadership in the workplace, et cetera. And I think that was bad advice for somebody to, you know, suggest that I shouldn't go for a big job or something. Um, because I was a mom. And I think, you know, for anybody out there who is thinking about a career and parenting and family life, I really, really encourage you to 
think of the it as an and and not an or. Yeah, that's you can be both. You can be a mm-hmm. CEO and a good mom or a good dad, a good parent. Yeah. That's really so, true. Yeah, but I kind of grew up in a community and maybe a time. I think it was more of the community I grew up in where there it was an or. You can't be a good mm-hmm. mom and a CEO. Yeah. Conversely, what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? Be a learner. I think that the number one skill in success is to be a learner. And so um, I know that sounds really, especially because the your listeners are in school and probably like, yeah, yeah, we hear that all the time, but it is a, it is a quality that transcends every single phase of life. And all the people that I know, Kyle, who are the most happy and content, the thread that weaves through all of them is that they are a lifelong learner, whether they're 90 years old and, you know, picking up a new skill or learning about something that's happening in our world and community. Like those are the people that are happier and, and the most content. And so I would just say embrace this mindset of, of being a learner, not a knower, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So we have that at our organization as one of our values, like be a learner and not a knower. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Deirdre. Now it's time for the brand new lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. If you could have dinner with any famous person, past or present, who would it be? Michelle Obama. What's your favorite sport to watch, to play? Soccer and bicycling. What's your favorite food? I couldn't decide between cheese and bread, so I'll say cheese bread. <laughs> That's dogs or neither? Both. What's your dream car? A BMW 325 i convertible. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, I don't like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say uh, peanut butter. Okay. What's the coolest place you've ever been to? Spain. What's your dream vacation destination that you haven't been to yet? New Zealand. Same. Who's your favorite musician? I don't have a favorite, but I'll say right now I really have, am enjoying um, Maggie Rogers. <laughs> What's the best concert you've ever been to? You two at the Pepsi Center, 1992. Wow. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That was not 1992. It was uh, you two at the Pepsi Center. Awesome. Thanks, Deidre. Now, thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.